Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. God has a purpose and a plan for you this morning. Do not limit Him. If you trust in God for whatever it is, salvation, breakthrough, healing, whatever, be ready for God. He will, He can. Do not put any limitation on Him. And so, let's pray as we get into this. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for this beautiful day. Indeed, it is the day you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. We thank you for giving us every provision needed to rejoice and be glad in this day. And so, Father, we pray that even as your word comes forth, let it come with power and might. Let it come to do exactly as you have purposed it to do in the lives of your people. We pray this morning in the name of Jesus and ask that as your will is in heaven for this house today and even those joining us online, let it be here on earth according to your power that worketh in us. We give you all the praise and all the glory this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so this morning, I want to take some time to share with all of us a message that I believe is so needed at this time for us as a church, but even for you as an individual. I believe this message is very, very crucial and so important for us. So I'm going to be sharing with you on the, on the topic, fruitfulness unto God fruitfulness unto the Lord, or fruitfulness unto God. And you know, fruitfulness is, it can be taken from so many different um, angles. But right in Genesis, when God created Adam and Eve, one of the, the blessings that God gave to them was for them to be fruitful. Of course, many, you know, at times, we, we understand that from the point of procreation, having children and, you know, increasing. Yes, it is true, but that is just one aspect of it. In everything that we do as God's children, God wants us to be fruitful in that. As a matter of fact, when Jesus Christ came in his, in his days, we, we see that throughout his, you know, teachings and, and um, exhortations, he said so many things about being fruitful or about the need to be fruitful. We've got some parables about being fruitful, and this morning we will share some of them. One situation in the Bible that really encourages me about this topic is when Jesus, you know, how Peter was called to be a disciple, you realize that in the account of Luke, Jesus walking by the seaside, the Bible says people were pressing on him to hear the word of God. He sees these boats, you know, out there idle, and then he asks for the for permission to, you know, speak from one of them. At the time, maybe there were not stages and puppets, you know, like this. Jesus gets into the boat of Peter, preaches to the people, and after that, he tells Peter and his guys to launch again into the deep. Peter said, we've toiled all night. We got nothing. But Jesus because of what you have spoken, we would obey. These guys do that, and we all know the end of the story. They got so much harvest at that time to the point that their boats alone could not carry the abundance of, 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 of harvest they had received. If you continue to read, I mean, to study, the Bible says Peter, seeing all this, he left everything and followed Jesus. He has seen a master, a man that is able to bring him fruitfulness in the midst of nothing. After a long night of toiling as an experienced fisherman, this man comes into the scene and just by his word. And so Peter forsakes everything to follow Jesus Christ. When Jesus was leaving, he talked about you know, what we normally call the Great Commission, it is actually a call unto fruitfulness. 
Go to all the world and preach the gospel. Baptizing them, teaching them to obey what I have commanded you. It's about fruitfulness. It's about being fruitful in the, the deeds of God. And so the kingdom of God is about fruitfulness. And as a house, you know, Pastor Charlotte has talked about, we're stepping into a new stage of, of abundance, of fruitfulness. In fact, she had, she's always used the example of the Israelites going through the desert and coming to a point where God says, I am going to carry you onto a land that flows with milk and honey. It is a, it's a step into a place of abundance, into a place of fruitfulness. And for, for us as a house, we are believing God for that. We believe that in the days to come, in the months to come, in the years to come, the harvest of God is going to be massive. In our city, across this province, and even across this nation, we are believing and trusting God for a massive move of His Spirit into a place of abundant fruitfulness for the kingdom. For many of us, you know, as Mark shared in his story, the past months and maybe few you know, years back, with all the pandemic issues, might have gone through a season of droughts. And maybe you are trusting God to bring you into a place of fruitfulness. Yes, God is about to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. God is about to bring us into that place of fruitfulness. And God is not just interested in, in his people getting abundance for ourselves. He is interested in his people getting abundance onto him, for him, for his glory. And that is why it is fruitfulness unto the Lord, fruitfulness unto God. If all the abundance we get is just for ourselves, it has no value before God. It has no value before our God. But if everything that we get comes to the kingdom, brings glory to God, that is what God is pleased with. And so right from the point of souls being saved in the kingdom to the point of your business flourishing, your family, you know, increasing in many areas, finances, getting wealth, God wants us to bring all these different forms of fruitfulness into his kingdom. How does the flourishing of your business impact God's kingdom? How does the blessings in your family impact God's kingdom? That is fruitfulness unto the Lord. And so this morning, that is what I want us to go through. I believe by the end of this sermon, God will give us grace for sure, but also he will give us some new understanding about how to step into fruitfulness. So to be able to do that, I want to share with you what I've called um, four points of readiness. And the first point of readiness to stepping into a place of fruitfulness is what I call be ready to abide in God. Pastor Les has said here before that for every promise of God, there is a premise. For every promise of God, there is a premise. And so in as much as Jesus, you know, has done everything for us, died on the cross, given us grace. We don't have to strive to get salvation and all that. Whatever promise we have in the Word of God also has a premise. And that is the meaning of the covenant we have with our God. And so this morning, as we go through this, we want to learn how we can, we can play our part in that you know, um, walk with God to see fruitfulness. And so be ready to abide in God. In John chapter 15, verse 1 to 6, Jesus Christ shares some important lessons about how you and I can be fruitful. He says, I am the true vine. My father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, 
and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. In this passage of Jesus, he presents to you and I identity and position, among other things. He said, if you have been thinking that you are all by yourself, um, that's a mistake. That's not really true. If you think you can do all by yourself, then please think again. I am the vine, you are the branches. Know your position. I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you have no place. In other words, there is nothing we can do by ourselves. Sometimes we think we've got all the skills, we've got all the degrees, we've got all the, you know, the connections. Yes, all those things are good. But after getting all those things, we must not forget that he still remains the, the, the vine and we are the branches. Sometimes we disconnect ourselves from God because we think we, we've got it all. I've done this business for this number of years. I know all the connections. I know all the people. I know the techniques in this field of business to excel. No, you've got it wrong. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He said, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So fruitfulness comes from abiding in God, abiding in the source of all things. God is the source of everything. Just picture this. I mean, you probably might have seen an apple tree with a branch, you know. Imagine the branch is cut off, and the branch continues to think that it can still bear fruit. It's, It's quite, you know... Interesting, ridiculous in a way, because it is not possible. But how many of us sometimes conduct ourselves in that way? And this is a message, you know, to encourage all of us that as we step into a season of fruitfulness, God wants us to get things right. Maybe we might have not gotten it right in the past. That's okay. But God is bringing us to a place that we can get it right with him as we go on. So if God is a source of all things, then by abiding in him, we know that we will not run short. It doesn't matter how things go on, I mean, things go in the world. You and I do know that systems of the world change. Things that flourish today, tomorrow may not be flourishing again. Things that were very successful, you know, yesterday, today may not be the same. It is only God that remains the same. And that's why he says, abide in me. If we begin to flourish to the point that we don't even have time for church again. We don't even have time for the word of God again. And you know, sometimes we can, we can, we can get into this kind of stuff because things get busy and you know, life, life happens. But no matter how much success God gives to us, as soon as we begin to drift from the main vine, we're not writing a good story for ourselves. Sometimes, in addition to abiding in the vine to get the source and everything, Sometimes by disconnecting ourselves from the vine, we may produce fruits in a way, but that fruit may not be from God. You may be asking, well, what about the unbelievers who are getting things all right? Well, unbelievers still were, born, were created by God. 
<laughs> there is a seed of, of God in everyone that, is, that lives on earth. In Genesis, the Bible says when God created man, he breathed into man. And so everyone on earth, whether they are believers or not, have got something from God. There is a God factor in everyone. And so that, but the point I'm making is this. The fact that you can, or people can disconnect themselves from God and be successful or fruitful does not necessarily mean it is a fruitfulness unto God. Because without Him, all your fruitfulness is just tough. You know the story of Moses in the land of Egypt when, you know, the Israelites were about to leave Egypt and Moses threw his rod there by God's command and it turned into a snake. You know that the magicians of Pharaoh were also able to do the same, right? So sometimes it's not about what we see. There are fake things out there. The original, the authentic, is what comes from divine. And that is what God wants you and I to do as we move on. So let us avoid the danger of, of, of the success that drives us away from God and from the things of God. If we assess ourselves, as the Apostle Paul said, assess yourself to see whether you are in the faith, we might have not left the faith, but our connection to the vine may not be that strong and intimate as it has to be. God is still calling us back. Come and let's do this together. Come and let's stay together in doing this. Heidi Becker says, all fruitfulness flows from intimacy. All fruitfulness flows from intimacy. If we stay in the vine, it doesn't matter the storm. Sometimes, even like naturally, when trees experience storm, I've not seen that picture here. Maybe let me try to think and see, like, you know, in a typical Canadian um, context. Because I've seen big storms, you know, um, elsewhere before, so I'm just trying to figure out. But this is the picture I'm trying to paint. When an apple tree, for instance, experiences a storm and um, partially gets uprooted and falls, as long as the branches are connected to the tree, they can still have fruits. Have you seen that before? The tree may not be standing. The tree might have fallen. But as long as the roots are deep, you know, are rooted and the branches are there, they can still have fruitfulness. I mean fruits. What is the point in this? It doesn't matter the storms that we go through. As long as we're still connected to the vine, we shall be fruitful. We shall be fruitful. It doesn't matter because we are still connected to the vine. And so in this season, as we step into this new place, you know, dimension of fruitfulness, God is saying, let us do this together. Let us do this together. My child, I want to do this together with you. As a church, he wants to do this together with us. The second point is be ready to persevere. Be ready to persevere. There is an interesting story in the book of Genesis 26 about Isaac and how God brought him and his servants through the Abrahamic blessing into a place of fruitfulness. Let's read from Genesis 26 verse 15 to 22. That's quite... Um, some verses, but let's go through that together. Genesis 26, verse 15 to 22. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servant had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are too much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerol and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Verse 19. Also Isaac's servant dug in the valley and found a well of running water. But the herdsmen of Gerol quarreled with Isaac herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. 
So he called the name of the well Isaac because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that one also. So he called his name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth because he said, For now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Praise God. This is a very interesting story because drought comes in the land. Famine comes in the land. And for Isaac, by experience, what he knows is that he's got to move from there to another country and look for refuge and maybe come back when things have gone well because that was what his father Abraham had done. If you start reading from the verse one, you'll get all that I'm saying. But when Isaac decides to go, God comes and tells him, do not go, stay here in the land. I will make you fruitful in the land. But when Isaac and his herdsmen began to dig the well, because, you know, in the season of drought, your life is to a higher extent dependent on the wells you have. You need that to feed your animals, to water your plants, and do, I mean, have life. So these men, you know, um, begin to dig. These men begin to dig wells to get water. But as they dig, the enemy comes and then fills them with, with, with earth. And they dig again, and the enemy comes, and he fills it. The Bible says they kept, they, kept, they kept on digging until they came to a place where the enemy showed up no more. And I like how they said it in the verse 22. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called his name Rehoboth because he said, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. What about if Isaac and his guys had quit at the first time when the enemies came and filled the, 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 the well with earth? What about if they had quit even the second time when the enemy came? They had every good reason. Seriously, if I would spend all my energy and strength to dig well and get someone come and fill it with earth, I probably would think about something else to go do. But these guys were so persistent. They were so persistent in, in, in pursuing what they believed God had told them. Because as I said before, in the earlier verses, God told them, stay in the land. I will make you fruitful. See, when God gives you a word, do not quit. When God gives you a word and you are convinced that it is from God, do not quit. Oppositions will come. The fact that God gave you a word does not mean you will not face opposition. It is part of life. It is part and parcel of how life has been designed. But these men persevered. They pursued the agenda and the desire that God had put in them. They were looking for the time that no one would come and quarrel with them over the well. And it happened. At one point, how many of us, as I said before, did quit at a point of our Isaac? How many of us did quit at a point of our Sitna and did not live to see the Rehoboth ahead of us? The land was there. It was there. God had already given a promise. It was there. And maybe you may be at your point of Isaac right now. Maybe you dug a well and right in your, you know, before your eyes, you saw that the enemy came and filled it with earth. And you are thinking, should I dig again? Dig again. Hallelujah. Dig again. If you believe it's a vision from God, if you believe the next level of that fruitfulness is from God, I encourage you this morning, dig again. Because there is a Rehoboth ahead of you. If you quit, you can't see it. God had already designed it. If you can move through just a little bit, 
you can see it at the other end. Isaac and his men came to that path. Without perseverance, the hope of being fruitful will only remain as, as, as a mirage, as a hope within us. We can't get it. We can't see it. Look at the Apostle Paul. Jesus had died. Jesus had paid the price. But look at Paul. He experienced shipwreck. It didn't stop him. He was beaten. It didn't stop him. He was in prison. It did not stop him. This was a man who would not let anything stop him. In a vision, in a calling that he believed so much was from God. And look at what he did. In prison, he was writing letters. Come on. Inside the prison, this guy would look at the guards and the soldiers, and God would give me a revelation to write for you and I even to benefit from today. If he had sat down there weeping and crying, God, why me at this time? Most of the letters we see today wouldn't have come. Of course, physically to the body, it is tough. But in connection to the first point, as we abide in the vine, he pours strength. As we abide in the vine, he pours grace. As we abide in the vine, he gives us all we need, even in the midst of every challenge, to be able to keep on digging until we come to the point of seeing our Rehoboth. Fruitfulness unto God also calls for the attitude of persevering until we see the, fruit, the, the, the child that God has, has given unto us. Thank you, Jesus. I like what the psalmist said in Psalm 126. We may not have this up there, but I want to read it before we move to the next point. Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6. Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6. It says, Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. In the moment of weeping, you're still sowing. In the moment of crying, you're still sowing. You come to the point of saying, nothing can stop me. Even though I am crying, I will still sow. Because I believe so much in what God has told me. And nothing can stop me. The Bible says, doubtless you will come with your sheaves with you. The promise is, exact, is intact. Nothing can stop it. So the encouragement this morning is that in the moment of weeping, oh, God wants you to keep sowing. Hallelujah. In the season of affliction, toughness of, of, of things all around you, God still wants you to keep on sowing. That is when we see the fruitfulness of God. You see, one thing I've realized in my own life, working with God over these few years, is that to move on in this calling, it will cost you some things. Yes, it will cost you some things. It will cost you some things. And so I have come to the point of having my own mantra that if the gospel has cost you nothing, or if the gospel has, has not cost you anything, you serve God anyhow. Paul was able to write his shipwrecked, imprisoned, beaten, all those things. How can you write for yourself? Of course, we have different graces, so yours may not be the same as Paul. But as long as you pursue this journey with God, it will cost you. And maybe you say, well, Jesus paid a price. Yes, he did. He paid the price. But he also said, if you want to go with me, deny yourself, pick your cross, and follow me. Hallelujah. So he has paid a price, yes. But as we follow him, there is a cross. But the good thing is that he gives grace. It is not for you to, you know, strive to go through. He gives grace for that. And so in the moment of affliction and turbulence, 
God wants us to still keep digging because we believe that there is a robot ahead of us. The third point is be ready to stay within your limits. I want to talk about this from my heart. Hallelujah. Be ready to stay within your limits. In Matthew 25, Jesus gives a parable that I love so much. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 15. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. The end of the story was that the master came and required from each of them what they had done with their talents. But what we read here is very clear that the master did not give all of them the same size of talent. He gave one five. He gave the other guy two. And the last guy got one. Why did he do that? The Bible says he gave it to them according to their ability. What they can do. The master knew what each person could do. And so he did not mistaken by giving someone more talent than what they could use the talent for. He gave them exactly what was needed for what they were supposed to do. When the master came back, he demanded results from what they had done. In other words, fruits from what they had done with the talent. And you realize, as I will read brief, I mean shortly, that the size did not matter to the master. Faithfulness to the talent was what master, I mean, mattered to the master. As we get into this place of stepping into fruitfulness in our lives, what God is calling us to do is for each and every one of us to learn to stay within our limits. Hallelujah. Sometimes we try to do beyond what we can do. Sometimes we strive because we look here and look there and think we can do more like the other person is doing. Maybe your grace is not the same as that person. Your fruitfulness is measured within the talent that God has given you. And it is my responsibility and your responsibility as a child of God to know what you have, to know the talent that you have been given, and to know what you can use that for. If you read the whole of this parable, you realize that the guy who had five, he knew he had five. The guy who had two, he knew he had two. They were not confused about the quantity or the size of their talent. They knew it. So I believe that if we come to God and pray to God and get counsel and the right, you know, training and teaching, we would know what we have and know what we can use what we have for. See, in this house, I have been vulnerable for a long time, so you all do know. If you buy any furniture and you want to get somebody to help you fix it, you know it is not George you have to call. <laughs> no, you, you know that. It is not me because sometimes my stay, you know, I get it staying there for like a couple of weeks <laughs> after buying it. I remember we bought a, a dresser some time ago and it probably stayed there for. We went to Edmonton, got a dresser from Ikea, and um, we, we, we had to fix it. I mean, yes, dresser. If you didn't hear me, dresser, just... He stayed there for a couple of weeks before grace came. But you know that there are some other things that if you call George, yes, it's, it's my area. If you tap me, sleeping and you tap me, George, let's go, let's go do this teaching, it is me. It, it is my gift, it is, it is me. 
I don't struggle with that. That's my area of grace. You have to know what God has given you and what you can use that for. It will save us a lot of the competition and the envy and the strife in the kingdom of God. Because you know what you're supposed to, you, you, you just know it. And so, yeah, that was my advertisement out there. You kind of know me. I remember when I was coming here on staff, um, we were talking about, you know, Pastor, Bra- um, Pastor Les, he can fix pretty much everything. And I said, okay, I don't have grace for that area. Let's look at a way we can work around this, right? Why, do I say I can, why should I say I can do it if I know I can do it? I mean, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And so if we all can stay within our limits, we function there. And, you know, I've had this question a couple of times. So how do I know that? How do I know that I'm staying within my limits? How do I know that? Okay, let me try to explain it in this way. If you're eating and you get full, you know you're full. There is a level of satisfaction that comes to you at that point. Okay? You were hungry, you got some food, you ate, and at a point you know you are full. That is what your body needs. There is joy in your body. There is a level of satisfaction you have. But if you try to eat more, what happens to you? You begin to give your body a lot of burden. And that can cause many other things. I'm not, you know, a medical person to go into the technicalities of it. But you know that when you come to a certain level, you don't have the grace to carry it. It comes with learning. You, you may make some mistakes on the, on the way, but God wants us to learn that. So when we go to a restaurant or even at home, family, well, we all have different sizes that we can take, right? Because we all have different abilities. Same family table, we have different sizes based on who you are and what you can do. It's the same thing, the same way. When you are within the scope of your talent, the scope of your limits, there is a deeper joy inside of you. Every single time you step into that and begin to serve with that, there is a level of joy a level of fulfillment comes with you and you just don't want to stop it. See, I can stand here and talk for the whole day. But those who know me out know I'm not really a talkative so much. But I can stand here and talk for the whole day if it comes to this. When you are within what God has called you to do, there is a level of joy that you have. As soon as you begin to see that, stepping, you have entered a point where that joy is not there. When the peace is not within you, pause and think, is this really my area? Is this really for me? And as we move on to a place of fruitfulness, God wants us to take note of that. You would Know that when the master came in the same parable we read before, and they had to come back and give account, listen to what the master said. The guy who had five came and brought his. In the verse 21, the master said, he said, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The master said this to the guy who had five talents. But the verse 23 also makes us know that he said the same thing to the guy who had three talents. Sorry, two talents. So the size is not the matter. The size is not the matter. What matters is being faithful with what you have. If what you can do in the house of God is to just carry a bottle of water and share... And if that is your grace, just do that. Forget about those who can build the whole house. Know what you can do in the house of God. Because, on, you know, at the final day when the master comes, 
is going to say the same to all of us. Well done, good and faithful servant. He's not going to talk about how big or how small you were able to serve. So I say one of the key solutions to envy and unnecessary comparison is to acknowledge the fact that we all don't have the same abilities. It saves us. Even sometimes in the area of business, it's good to expand and grow and all that. But even there, as a Christian businessman whose business is unto the Lord, whose fruitfulness is unto the Lord, know what God has called you to do. Competition is good, but it must be within what God is asking you to do. So maybe the point of reflection for you is to be able to know what talents you have. What you've been doing with it. Are you staying within your limits? Or maybe you are going beyond. And of course, I've talked more on not going beyond. You also don't have to stay with little if you have been given more. And that comes with the same if you don't have that, you do not have that fulfillment within you, you probably can do more. And we did not read the whole parable. You realize there was one guy who got one and hit his. His end was not good. Yes, just in a very simple way. His end was not good. And so God is not calling each and he's not calling any of us to hide. And you know, let me say this before I move to my next point. Please, as we get into this point of Fruitfulness in the house, every talent matters. Every gift matters. It doesn't matter the size of it. As I said, if yours is to just do whatever, sometimes I don't even know what, what, what is. See, your gift may not necessarily be within the ministries here. Maybe God is putting something new on your heart to do because of what you have. It is welcome in the house. Hallelujah. It is welcome in the house. Every gift matters. God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for those who can put theirs to work. Who told you these guys did not have any problem or did not make any mistake? Well, the Bible did not go into detail, but I believe that the guy with five talents and the two, they had mistakes on the way. But that was okay. They were faithful to God with what God gave them. And so every gift matters at this time. And then the fourth and my final point is to be ready every time. Be ready every time. Jesus, again, gives us a very interesting you know, case in Mark chapter 11, verse 12 to 14. Mark 11, 12 to 14. We all know the story of when Jesus cursed, you know, the fig tree. It's about fruitfulness. It says, now the next day, when they had come out of Bethany, he was hungry. <laughs> That's Jesus. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. If the Bible is yours and you would like to highlight or underline, you can underline a fig tree having leaves. I will talk about that. He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. You can underline that one too. He found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. That is also worthy of highlighting. It was not the season of figs. For figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat food from you ever again. And I like the last part. And his, and his disciples heard it. Jesus comes into a place from Bethany. He's hungry. And he's looking for something to eat. I think at that time they had no bread with them because sometimes, you know, they had food. This time there was no food with them. The Bible did not say so. And so Jesus sees a fig tree afar off. And when he saw the fig tree, the tree, one, had not withered. Hallelujah. The tree had not withered. It wasn't dry. The tree had leaves on it. And so Jesus went closer to see if peradventure he would find something on it. And the Bible says there was nothing. The first time I read this many years ago, 
I said, Jesus, this is too mean. I don't know about you, but for me, it did not really look good to me, you know, for Jesus to do this. And so when I grew, I understood it. Jesus saw that when the tree had not withered, it wasn't dry, it had leaves. In other words, even though it was not the season for figs to come, the tree had life. Let me break it down. We all know that fruits come at different seasons, right? Fruits come at different seasons. Well, here, you know, when we go to Superstore or whatever, you can get apples all year round. So maybe it doesn't really carry a very good picture. But, you know, growing up in Ghana as, 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 as a little boy, we knew the season for mangoes, the season for this fruit. We knew that each season had the fruit that it came with. And so when it was mango season, almost every mango tree you see around you has got lots of fruits on them. You know, they fall off, you pick them, wash and eat, and it was like, you know, it, it was fun. But when the season was off, most of the time you would not find the trees having fruits. And so when I saw this at first, I said, Jesus, why would you curse a tree if it was not the season for figs? Why? You know that trees can only have fruits in their season. So why would you not allow it, give it grace? But then as I also realized growing up again, you know, in Africa, that even though mangoes and other fruits had their own seasons, there were certain mango trees which would bear fruit even in a time that was not its season. At that time, you wouldn't see a lot of tree, I mean, fruits on them, maybe two or three. Oh, nice ones. <laughs> Good memories. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nice ones. It wasn't the season for mangoes, but certain trees would have at least three, four of them. And you always check to see if it was really growing well, ripening well, to see who goes for it at first. Because if you don't go for it, the boy on, from the other side may come for it. <laughs> and so Jesus Christ comes here, and he wants to get a fruit from this fig tree. The lesson that we have to learn from this story is this. Even though it was not the season for figs, the tree had life. The tree was using what God had provided. It had leaves, meaning it was using the nutrients from the soil. It had leaves meaning it was using the sunshine. Those who have got science background would know that if sunshine, you know, if you don't use sunshine as a tree, photosynthesis cannot take place for your leaves to be green. Simple science. I don't know which grade you learned that. I did that many years ago. But you all know that. Which means that the tree was using the provisions of God at a time, and because it was using God's provision, it needed to bear fruits. It doesn't matter if it was not his season. That did not matter to Jesus. After all, Jesus was not looking for many, many, many fruits on the tree, at least one or two, to satisfy his hunger. What does that mean to you and I? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. As long as we have life in us, we can do something for God. The size doesn't matter because Jesus was not looking for the tree to have many fruits at least one or two would have been okay. As long as we are living, as long as we have life, as long as we sleep and get up, we can do something for God, at least something. Pastor Brad talked about he calling a friend, you know, a couple of, of weeks ago here, and how that changed the life of this person. A phone call, checking on someone, is okay. You can do something. You, we can do something for God. So what Jesus is saying here is that there is no excuse. The scripture that made me to really understand this, you know, issue with Jesus was what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Paul told him as a young preacher, Paul said, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Hallelujah. So whether it is your season or not your season, you've got to be ready for what God needs you for. In season and out of season. Be ready. In season and out of season. 
There's no excuse. And that may look quite harsh, as I thought Jesus was mean many years ago. But that is not the point. God is saying you can do something because you have something to give. You can say good morning to someone. You can check on someone. How are you doing? How is your family doing? You can send a text message of encouragement to someone who is in, in a child. You can send a card. You can send something. It doesn't matter what you have or what you do not have. As long as you are living, you can do something for God. And in this season of fruitfulness, be ready every time. When you are called upon, be ready every time. If you can do all, you can do something within the all. And as we pick pieces here and there, the kingdom of God advances. The kingdom of God moves. And we see the abundance that God has promised us. So quantity isn't always the case. Jesus wasn't looking for many fruits, just something to eat. Commitment and faithfulness, as you said, is the case. So this morning, as I bring my message to a close, and I want to invite the worship team to come up. As I bring my message to a close, I want us to know that God is calling us into a place of fruitfulness. In this house, as a family, in your own life, in your business, in whatever, you know, God has prepared and, you know, um, destined you to do. He's bringing us into a place of fruitfulness. But he wants us to have the right attitude to be able to step into that place. He wants us to have the right attitude to be able to get into that place of fruitfulness. And I'm going to be praying for um, something that God laid on my heart whilst I was preparing this message. Pray for some of you not to come here, just sit at where you are and just receive what God is doing. But God is bringing us into a place of fruitfulness, a place of abundance. How ready are we? How ready are we? To abide in him. How ready are we to persevere? How ready are we? How ready are we to stay within our limits? How ready are we to be ready every time? If you and I can stick to this and be led by the Holy Spirit, I believe that our hearts and God's heart for this city shall be realized. For this province, for this nation, shall be realized. Because God has already blessed us with the seed of fruitfulness. In Genesis, he gave it unto Adam and Eve. By sin, he left them. But Jesus has given it back unto us. We are destined to be fruitful in every area of our life. And this morning, I don't even know which area of your life that you are trusting God for fruitfulness in. I want you to join me with faith as I make these faith and prayer declarations over you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can you please close your eyes with me? And those of you joining online, please be with us. I know you have been with us. Thank you very much. But even at this short time of prayer, whatever you trust in God for fruitfulness in, Maybe you lack strength in some areas. Maybe bodily health is not right for you to be able to step into that place. The healing power of God is in this house. Maybe you're saying, God, I wish I can do more, but health-wise, I am not in that place. Nothing can stop you from being fruitful. If, if it is a health issue, the power of God is here to break it hold and release you to the place of being fruitful unto God. He's a God that heals all our diseases. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, I pray, thank you this morning for your grace in this house and for every one of us in this place. Father, I pray for that person who feels that there is darkness all around him or her and cannot even see to make the next decision for his life or for her life. The light of God has been released over you right now. God has given you light to see. Light to be able to see around you and to make the next step. God is sending forth light unto you 
who think that there is darkness and gloom all, all around you, the light of God is coming to you. I pray for you, that person who feels that you are weak, you can't even move on. God is feeding you this morning with his power to be able to move on and be fruitful for him. He called Elijah and gave him food. He said, arise and eat for the journey is long. The Bible says Elijah moved in the strength of that. God is feeding you this morning. Receive the strength of God to be fruitful in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray against that person who feels the urge to commit suicide because you think that there is nothing for you in life. I arrest the power in the name of Jesus and command that you are free from it. In the name of Jesus, you will live and be fruitful to the glory of God. Nothing can stop you. I bind that power of suicide. You cannot hold the child of God. The Bible says, we shall live and declare the name of God. Yes. We will not die. I yes. curse that spirit of death, hopping around you, hope, moving around you in the name of Jesus. Be free from it yes. in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray for that person, trusting God and looking for healing in their body. Every source of sickness and pain be broken right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Every chronic heart pain right now in the name of Jesus be broken over the life of God's children. Yes. You cannot hold their lives. They have been made free in God. Yes. So I speak to that person with a chronic heart pain right now. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. He took away all our pains on the cross. By his stripes we are healed. God is bringing you to a place of fruitfulness. The power of chronic heart pain, you are broken right now in the name of Jesus Christ. All forms of cancer and growth in the body of God's people right now, we curse your roots in Jesus' name and command you to die in God's people's life. Let the power of God move in our lives and let the healing of God be experienced in God's people. It doesn't matter the report of the medical doctors and the medical system. Whose report will we believe? We shall believe the report of God. His yeah. report is that yeah. He has healed you. Yeah. So I speak to every growth in your body. I speak to every form of cancer in your body. Right now, receive the healing of God. Come on. And be made free. Come to that place of fruitfulness. And the last one I pray for you, that young person who often gets this heart condition and sometimes you feel like your heart is shaking. In the name of Jesus Christ, that condition has come to an end. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray for you, that young person, your heart shall be stable with God. It shall be stable. It will not shake anymore. He sent forth his word to heal our disease. Right now, I speak to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let that condition cease in Jesus' mighty name. I pray the wholeness of God over your body right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for the grace in the house. We thank you for the grace in the house. And when we are done and you need prayer, please come. The prayer team is going to be up here in front to pray with you. But these were things that God laid in my heart and through the time of prayer, God, you know, wanted me to head on. And so, Father, I thank you this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace as we step into this season of fruitfulness. May the grace that you need to come to that place be yours now and forever. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for blessing your word. Be glorified. We give you praise. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.